The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We are all the way done with 2020 and it's time to look forward. You might have missed the end of year holiday window to propose to your significant other or you just want to treat yourself to start the new year. Either way, your first call needs to be Hal Pollock of Ruback Fine Jewelry. Whatever kind of custom fine jewelry you're looking for, Hal is the guy you need to talk to. You set an appointment with him and you'll have the full floor and Hal's attention at your disposal. He'll explain as little or as much about the jewelry making process as you want to know. If you've ever been to a big box store recently to shop, compare what Ruback can get you for the same price. I promise you that you'll be able to get more with Hal. Valentine's Day and February in general are very popular times to propose. So you're in the red zone. Get it? Forgetting your ring made in time. If you want to learn more about Ruback and what to expect when you shop with them, go on their Instagram and you'll find tons of people who had a phenomenal experience working with a company that's been serving Kansas City since 1908. Search for Ruback Find Jewelry KC to get more firsthand experience with a great local company. Set up your appointment by going to ruback.co slash appointments or the link in their bio on their Instagram page. Let's start the show. Your Kansas City Chiefs fall to the Los Angeles Chargers in an absolutely meaningless game. 38-21 close out the regular season with a loss. Uh, but not very many starters played, and it is time to look forward into the future. The Chiefs are the one seed. They control the playoffs. They run through Arrowhead, and a lot to talk about with that and with this game. And here to help me do that are my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, thoughts on the game? That's it, Kent. I'm ready for it. You talk me into it. I am ready for the first annual Chiefs Davis of the year we have to break this down on why we are upset we have to talk about this loss and how it burns so deep we have now finished the cursed 14 and 2 we got to get into this Craig starting off what made you the most upset during this very pivotal loss to the Los Angeles Chargers giving them their second big victory in the past decade I mean you just look at this game and it looked like a group of players that was underprepared like like they hadn't been on the field much at all for this team and and they played like a bunch of rookies and backups (laughs) and frankly i'm just now if you are mad about this game at all 
take a deep breath and come back to this podcast. We don't have any heat for you on this podcast. We're not we're not going to be bringing any real hard takes about this or anything like that. Chiefs backups played. They got boat raced by a Chargers team that played their starters for the entire game. Entire game. And, and that's about all you need to know about that. Yeah, uh, there's not a ton of major things to take away from this football game. Personally, I think the run-pass ratio was a little bit crazy. <laughs> I mean, Chad Haney dropped back 32 times. They only handed the ball off 17. How are you going? You got to run the football if you're going to win this game. Uh, I think we got to start with injuries real quick off the top because there that was one of the big developments of this football game. Um, it looks like, you know, Willie Gay was ruled out very quickly in the first or second series of the game uh, with an injury. Uh, Rashad Fenton got hurt late. And DeAndre Baker obviously was carted off, uh, which it did not look good. It looked like a long road to recovery for a DeAndre Baker. You know, Maddie, this is why you don't play your starters in a meaningless game, but also, you know, especially keep an eye on Willie Gay and Rashad Fenton. Those are two guys that... First off, Rashad Fenton played well. Second off, both of those guys play and have a role on this defense and on the special teams for this football team. Especially the special teams unit. Both those guys do play a lot of special teams reps. I think you have seen down the stretch, Fenton has seen less and less snaps on the actual defense. They've transitioned to using Legereus Sneed in just about every possible way you could imagine instead of him. Same thing with Willie Gay. When the linebacker group is healthy, he's not getting on the field a ton. It seems like Damian Wilson is back. So if you're a Chiefs fan and you're looking, I guess, for the, the silver lining of this, it's there were no injuries to guys that are projected to play a lot of snaps in the playoffs, which is the whole entire point of resting your guys this extra week that doesn't mean anything. Because if this was an Anthony Hitchens, if this was a Charvarius Ward that got hurt instead, like that becomes a big deal. It's a lot bigger of an issue. Instead, you feel bad for all of the guys, especially Baker. That injury looked horrific. You feel bad for all these guys getting hurt in this game. They're going out there playing. They're trying. But at the same time, from the Chiefs' perspective, from a fan perspective, none of this should have a too big of an impact on the actual defense going forward. And you hope out of Dave Tobes, like 853 players he keeps around for just special teams, he can find some replacements if Fenton or Gay have to miss time in the playoffs. When I let off my article this week, I, I mean, basically the, the comment was don't get hurt. Like that's the most major part of this was don't get hurt. And the Chiefs have obviously a catastrophic injury for DeAndre Baker. That's that's awful. I mean, he hadn't played at all this year after the year that he, he had been through in the offseason that he'd been through and everything like that gets on the field. And then to have that happen is just just brutal you know obviously no speculation on timetable realistically here but that does not look positive for this next year um Rashawn Fenton picked up a knock at the very end of the game it's unsure what that is I know Willie Gay Jr. was in getting x-rays that's obviously not good I mean I Damian Wilson was back this week, but Willie Gay Jr. is a starting base linebacker and a guy that's been kind of increasing just not good from that point of view at all. Like that that's the biggest takeaway. Three guys got hurt. You never want that to ever, ever happen in any game, let alone in a game like this, right at the end of the year, a meaningless one with nothing on the line. Well, I mean, the linebacking core in general might be tested here pretty quick. Yikes. Because 
you know, Ben Neiman's not back either. And say what you want to say about Ben Neiman, and boy, have we said a lot. But the depth on this football team is going to be challenged. And, uh, you know, a guy, communication is a big piece of that. You want to make sure that all levels are communicating at a high level. You hope that they're going to have that on the field at all times. I mean, Anthony Hitchens is not back technically right now. Ben Neiman, we don't know the status of him. Willie Gay, we don't know the status of him. Things getting stretched pretty thin there on uh, on on the linebacker core. All right, guys, we got to talk about players who helped themselves in this game. Maddie, who do you think helped themselves? Oh, Byron Pringle yet again proves that he should be playing as the third wide receiver for this football team. No matter what the situation is, no matter how few, no matter how many snaps he gets, he does find a way to make the most of them. I'm not naive enough to think that if this was the case all the time in every practice, that the Chiefs coaching staff isn't just benching him for no reason. There is clearly something, whether with the playbook, the trust with the staff or with the quarterback, that he doesn't get on the field more often, but he just continues to be good when he's given opportunities. That continued this week in multiple different situations. He's a guy that, I mean, if you're the Chiefs, you hope you can bring him back. He's a good special teams player, and he's showing that there is some potential growth there at wide receiver. It really almost seems like that growth is doing whatever he needs to to get more snaps rather than something he actually has to change about his game because he's effective every time he gets an opportunity. My guy is a guy that we were looking forward to seeing and a guy that I previewed a couple years ago before the Chiefs essentially redshirted him defensive end Tim Ward he's hard to miss he's the largest man on the field on a field with a lot of very large men he is a spags defensive end but he showed that he had a little bit of juice like when we watched him in college there was a little bit of burst he has he was kind of a snap timer a little bit trying to get off the ball quicker than the tackle could you saw him move with a little bit of explosion on some of the plays especially chasing down from the backside in the run game his sack was a nice little euro step where he beat the tackle back inside it's something it's it's a huge building block for a player that literally has not played an nfl snap before he looked good like he arguably looked the best of any defensive lineman out there that's a very very positive step for a guy that has no reps realistically is only a practice squad or you know a scout team player in practice so that's a huge huge deal maybe a guy that the Chiefs have as a rotational piece next year that they can lean on a little bit as a developmental player who knows what to get out of him but this is a really really positive first step I think Darwin Thompson helped himself a little bit this week. Um, And not to say, like, this isn't me trying to say that all of a sudden that we need to include Darwin Thompson in the offensive plans. I'm not even saying he needs to supplant Darrell Williams. What I am saying is he showed a little bit of juice this week uh, that you don't see from Le'Veon Bell or Darrell Williams. So the man has a little bit of juice and was very active in the passing game. Seven targets out of the backfield. Seven receptions, 65 yards, and a touchdown. That was a really positive performance for him. He had a 37-yard uh, you know, catch in this game. Uh, I thought that was really nice to see him kind of get involved in the passing game, showing a little bit of juice. Obviously, I think he's still got some vision questions there as a runner. Um, but, I mean, you know, this is a guy that, you know, really could have really helped himself long-term, maybe, keep some, maybe gives himself a chance to stick around next year in 2021. We got an update, injury update here. DeAndre Baker with a broken femur. 
Oh. Ouch. Absolutely brutal. Willie Gay Jr. sprained ankle, and then Rashad Fenton, I guess both of his ankles were bothering him at the end of the game. They pulled him off the field as a precaution. You can't convince oh. me that Baker didn't tear a bunch of stuff in his knee, too, the it, way that thing went oh, down. Oh, the way that I mean, bent, and uh, I, I did not need to see that replay again when they showed it again. Oh, yikes. You know how hard it is to break a femur? Yeah. Uh, especially non-contact like that? That is nigh impossible. Yeah. Like, that is incredible to have a non-contact broken femur. That's just devastating. It looked awful. And, like, it just, you know, that, that leg was flying around. Mm. That's a devastating injury, and you have to, I mean, honestly, I wonder if he's going to, I don't know if he's going to be able to play in 2021. That poor guy. I mean, that poor kid. Uh, this is yeah. the worst time that this could happen for him. The season starts, the training camp starts in seven and a half months. A guy that's trying to, you know, get back into football, and, you know, yeah, you got to feel terrible for him. You just got to feel terrible for him. That is just, that's awful. It remains to be seen, obviously, with the other injuries. Um, you know, I, we'll see. I mean, I, hopefully these guys, you know, come back okay. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, we got to talk about players who hurt themselves here too, I think, boys. Uh, and not this. We're not trying to get too negative, and there's not a ton of things that you can take away from this football game. But I do think that there was some performances on some guys that got a lot more snaps, you know, that the Chiefs have utilized in their rotations in some capacity, uh, that you know, that have a role on this football team that maybe didn't particularly help themselves. Maddie, who you got? Or Craig? No, let's go. Let's go with Craig. Let's start with Craig. I'm gonna go with Juan Thornhill. Um. I think we all know why Juan looks the way that he is. His athleticism is sapped right now. I know it takes a long time to come back from the injury that he had. I am not writing off Juan Thornhill in the least bit here. That being said, mentally and physically, he is struggling right now. It's not just the physical explosion. It's not just taking poor angles. He's just too tentative. He is not aggressive in some of these things, he he had an aggressive play that unfortunately injured Austin Eckler in this game. But most of the time that he was playing this week, he was slow to the ball. He just kind of, the, the effort wasn't the same effort that we saw out of Juan Thornhill last year. It's just mentally 
not quite all the way there, kind of highlighted by a long drop that was in the middle of the field where Bo, Bo Peak Keys got burned deep and Juan Thornhill was supposed to stay over the top of it. And he too wasn't over the top. He quit running before the ball even hit the receiver in the hands. And luckily it was a drop. It just, he just does not look like the same player right now. Hopefully they can get him through these playoffs. Hopefully he can make a couple plays as this dime safety and help this team across the line. But I'm realistically hoping for a really good offseason for Juan Thornhill. Get some of that athleticism back so that you can be the player that you were because we know how good that is. And I think that's wearing on him a little bit mentally. My biggest issue with Thornhill, just not to go too far into it, but is he's just been playing very timid this year. And I mean that I get the point of contact. When he comes up to stop a ball carrier, he's either diving at the ankle, which isn't abnormal for him, but there's a couple times when he goes in to meet a ball carrier and he just kind of walks into them and then slides off. Just It hasn't been a good showing this year, and I think this game kind of put it all into a pretty little bow. Now, his running mate, Armai Watts, was no better. But my guy is my guy to watch going into this game, McCole Hardman. You were the guy. You were the number one wide receiver out there for the Chiefs. You could have had the entire offense flow through you. This is the perfect chance to have you be the top guy on the offense. You're getting every opportunity. He didn't do anything with it. There was nothing on offense. Now, the Chiefs didn't get him overly used outside of the one wide receiver screen, which looked good, but his entire usage was as a gimmick player still. And then you have the punt return, which was another ball security issue. We've seen that a lot between his first two years, between fumbles on returns, drop passes this year. It's just this season has not gone the way that you wanted to see it go for McCall Hardman. And I think this was a game where he could have really got on track going into the playoffs to kind of put a little bit of fear back into opposing defenses to make the offense trust him a little bit more. And he just kind of willingly decided to not participate too much. I mean, I understand we don't know the full game script, but it didn't look like he was the main target. They rather to work through Pringle to Marcus Robinson, got multiple series where he was the guy. I just don't think that Hardman, I think Hardman not being a major part of this offense kind of shows you where the Chiefs are at with him right now in terms of his limitations of what he can do. Yeah, Demarcus Robinson, seven targets. Byron Pringle, six targets. McCole Hardman got two targets, and I'm not sure if either of them was behind the line of scrimmage or in, past the line of scrimmage. I know they they were design plays. They were just little gadget plays. He hasn't. This is what gave an opportunity for us to see him de- grow and develop. Uh, you know, see the growth and develop as a receiver. We didn't get any of it at all, and he had a couple gadget plays. But the other thing that's kind of like disheartening about this, a big special teams fumble. The game was 14-14. Big fumble, in the, you know, deep in, in their own territory. Turns the ball over. Chargers drive all the way down the field. Almost score. The defense gets a four and out. Uh, Chiefs ultimately get a safety and then a touchdown after that. That was a big turning point in the first half of this game. I think Rashad Fenton got some some opportunities on special teams right after that, too. Because I don't know if it was because they were just frustrated with McColl. They wanted to give somebody else a chance out there. But that's the other thing about this. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's a gadget player. Like we can accept that now because he can't even expand his role in this situation. That's it is what he is. Special teams turnovers. That's huge. That's a big thing for this game. My guy that hurt himself a little bit, I think, or didn't help himself, I guess is probably a better way to say is Tano Passanio. Uh, did not distinguish himself as a guy that plays regularly on this football team in the slightest. Lack of burst off the edge. 
he's a guy that really peaked last year, I think. And we kind of said, hey, look, there's there's a, there's some there's some hope for Tano Passigno, and you know, uh, he's finally in a in a defensive system that's going to benefit him. You know, that's really going to help him grow uh, and help him kind of you know find a find a role in the National Football League. And last year was a fine season for him. You know, he was he was he he did adequate. He was fine against the run. He got a few sacks, a few effort sacks. Boy, it's been a sharp distinction between this year and last year for him. He just lack of juice off the edge in the slightest, lack of a pass rush plan, no growth and development there, um, struggles against the run. Really just kind of a bummer performance. And, you know, this team doesn't have a ton of juice outside of Frank Clark and Chris Jones, and I don't want to hear any jokes about the lack of juice there either. I'm not, I'm not here for it today. Playoffs are starting. Talk to me after the playoffs with these guys. Um, but... Yeah, the Chiefs need some need they need they need some help on, up front in the run and pass game. I don't think Tano Passanio is providing much of anything to this point. All right, we got to talk real quick about uh, about the matchups. The, the The playoffs have been kind of established here. Um, the 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 seeding is established. Your Kansas City Chiefs, obviously the one seed, the only bye week in the playoffs. You've got Buffalo playing the seven seed. Two versus seven, Buffalo, Indianapolis. Three seed is Pittsburgh. They will play Cleveland. Four seed is Tennessee. They will be playing Baltimore. That is your seeding. The Chiefs can play either Tennessee, Baltimore, Cleveland, or Indianapolis. Those are the four teams that the Kansas City Chiefs have any shot at playing uh, in the divisional rounds. Uh, Real quick, let's just do this. Guys, what's your most what's the playoff game you're most interested in seeing? Uh what's what, just let's just go there. Maddie, playoff game you're most interested in watching on the AFC side. I think that the Ravens and the Titans has to be the most intriguing matchup. I think it's the combination of the two most exciting teams. Like the Colts don't get me excited and watching Ben Roethlisberger throw little lame ducks into the ground three yards downfield don't do anything for me. So like I'll at least pick the one that has two really good running backs with Henry and Lamar Jackson going at it, and we'll just see who can run their way to victory. I think that that's probably the easy answer as well. I, I'm very curious to see if Tennessee kind of continues rolling. They got taken to the wire by the Houston Texans tonight. And, you know, I I think that they are a team that if they get hot could be a little bit dangerous, but I'm going to go with that Cleveland Pittsburgh matchup. I think that we, I know that we just saw it today but that is not the game that's going to happen this next weekend. I think that that's going to be a little bit of a dogfight. We're going to get to see, is Baker Mayfield for real? Are the Browns going to actually win a playoff game here? Is that Steelers defense legit when we get to the playoffs? What does that offense look like with Ben Roethlisberger back and a lot of those receiving options back and healthy for that offense? I think that that's probably realistically going to be or the Cleveland Browns I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns as the team that the Chiefs might end up playing in the future here so I I really want to see that game because I think that that's the harbinger for what the Chiefs will have to go up against here for me it's Tennessee Baltimore that game is just going to be fascinating to me the revenge factor for it I Baltimore is a team that you know they had their struggles earlier in the year, but there is still, I think, of all the teams, four through seven there, I think they have the highest ceiling of anybody to give the Chiefs a game. And that's that's what I'm most curious about. Um, the good news is the Chiefs beat Baltimore by two scores earlier in the year. But 
I still think, you know, the way this team is playing, obviously it's against bad teams. We're about to find out if it's legit or not. Uh, but they've shown some they've shown some life here differently than some of these other teams late in the season. Final thoughts, boys. What you got, Maddie? I am ready for the Chiefs to play a meaningful football game again, and we have to wait two weeks to do so. I think it's good the Chiefs got out of this game without any significant injuries. Unfortunately for the young guys that did get hurt, hopefully they will all be okay. Hopefully for Baker's sake, everything is simple and easy to clean up for him because that seems like the most significant injury. But hey, Chiefs are off for the next week. They don't have to play next week. We're finally getting into some playoff football. And unfortunately, we only have one more college football game left of the year. (laughs) For me, um, shout out to a lot of these young guys that may not realistically get any more snaps. Like some of these may have been the last snaps of some of these guys's, you know, young careers. Uh, they may not get a whole lot going forward. So that it's nice. It's, it's good. I like that the chiefs got so many guys, so many looks, even Colin Saunders playing linebacker early in the game. Like that happened in the first half. I think a bunch of people started noticing it right at there at the end of the game. He was playing linebacker for basically the entire second half. He was highlight of my life. Fun to watch. Really fun to watch as a linebacker. That's not a permanent thing, by the way, at all, guys. That's just literally they didn't want to put Damian Wilson with a hundred percent of the linebacker snaps. No, I'm here for Colin Samders. Oh, Colin Sanders. Oh, look at Maddie with the pun. You can tell it's a a bye week right there. But yeah, a lot of fun in some moments here. Good to see a lot of the young guys get out there. Those snaps are going to be very important for some of these depth pieces. And for those who don't get to play again, that's awesome that they got to realize a dream. All right. Got a few tweets here, and then I'll give you my final thoughts. Uh, Adam Teicher, the did not participates for the Chiefs today other than the Ignac inactives Bashad Breland, Le'Veon Bell, Charvarius Ward, Legarius Sneed, Dan Sorensen, Frank Clark, Austin Ryder, Eric Fisher, Andrew Wiley, Travis Kelsey, Derek Noddy, and Matt Moore. Chiefs did a nice job of manipulating the roster to get a lot of guys breaks. Yeah, they got about everybody up there. That was really nice. From Randy Gisarely, uh, the Chiefs NFL record streak of not losing by more than one possession is over at 60 games. No one comes close outside of the 2011 to 2014 Seahawks at 46 games. Bummer to see the streak end the way it did, but it's because the Chiefs have the best team in the world. And finally, 17 minutes ago, Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Go time. A simple tweet. Clock emoji. He's ready. I'm ready. This is going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait for the Chiefs to play in the playoffs. Cannot wait to see who they play. We'll find that out next week. That is going to do it for the last AP Laboratory postgame of the regular season. Thank you all so much for listening. Chiefs lose 38-21, but it doesn't matter because they're the one seed and they're getting ready to hashtag run it back. <laughs>